and welcome to Comically Pedantic, where we take a detailed look at the complicated concepts, characters, and history of comic book culture. I'm your host, Erica Chase, and joining me on this episode, as always, is the wonderful Corinne Levy. I'm Corinne. It's me. Hi. I am so ready to fly through this fucking story. We've procrastinated long enough. Yes. <laughs> uh, it was... Well, okay. So, to be fair, this story is one where I, it, 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 okay, I'm actually, I'm going to come clean on something. I didn't fully, I thought I read the whole thing when I went through it because yeah. there is a, there is a clear stopping point. Yes. And then it kept going. Ah. <laughs> so that's like, that was part, partially my fault, but also it's just, um, uh, it, 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 it's just a strange setup. And a strange, and I'll explain more after we get into this, because uh, we are, of course, going to talk about Spider Man. But I have to ask you, what's oh, your what's your bright spot? spot? Oh shit! <laughs> I I want you to answer first because mine uh, is, I'm I'm going to to talk for a minute. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, as a favor to you, I will go first. Um, I had a nice weekend. Because it was I it was the first weekend I've had off like in full in a while. So that was nice. Um I went to like a cool record store day festival thing. So I bought a bunch of a bunch of albums, which is very fun. Um I got like a Strokes album, I got the Arctic Monkeys, like the most basic one that like everybody knows, the one with the squigglies. Um because I've loved that album for a long time. And I'm like, <laughs> cool. I'm going to live my 2010s, 2015s Tumblr Goral life and get this album because I deserve it. Um, and then I got some, like, we got some funky ones. I have now the Saturday Night Live or the Saturday Night Fever uh, soundtrack on vinyl. Oh, that's awesome. And I'm really excited about it because I can live my disco dreams. Shout out to all of the Dazzler fans who love a disco ball. <laughs> Man, I wish that was my bright spot last week. It would have been perfect. Um, but that was like a really great weekend. I got to just like hang out with my my best friend, my bubs. And uh, yeah, it was good. And then Sunday I did like nothing. I cleaned my apartment, which was nice. And then like I read a lot. And I'm like, cool. It's like I got to recharge for 48 oh, hours. Yeah. It was nice because I've got a lot of shit to do this week. So I got to recharge. In short, that's my bright spot. What about you? Okay, so mine uh, is going to be like a sort of multi-layered thing because there was a lot of stuff that happened mm-hmm. that is, I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to make a bubble of things because I know it's it's the the question is really what's your bright spot, but I have so many little things that it just makes me very, very excited uh for this week. Cool. Love <laughs> so it. So the the first thing, my boss is back from her vacation. So I don't have to do the thing that I was doing for her, and I am so happy about it because that was very stressful. Yay! Being <laughs> then done. On top of it, I'm going to say I, I bought two books uh, last week. I started reading one. And the cool thing about it is I was uh, part of the way through it and I was getting very annoyed with the main character. And I thought, 
man, I don't understand how this book was so uh, so widely accepted as being brilliant because I think it's kind of like it's fine. I think it's kind of silly. I don't know why this is such a good thing. Then I got about a hundred pages into it, and shit changes. And oh. like they recontextualized a lot of stuff that happened in the last hundred pages. And I was like, oh, okay. All of that shit that annoyed me before, like it still was annoying, but now there's like an added layer to it that I really enjoy. It's like a classic mystery trope. Yeah. Where like they pull back the curtain a little bit and you see like why people did certain things because they have particular motives. That's a fun... I like a I like a story written in that kind of way sometimes. I get well, it. Well, and like this was another one where I mean it is a mystery too, but on top of the, like the way that that is done for this is more about the main character. So like when I'm reading it, I'm thinking damn, this writer just really wanted to to talk about certain things because right. the, the character keeps bringing stuff up. Uh, and it's like references to stuff. So like in my mind, I'm thinking like, I get it. Like you're trying to say something, but the, really what it's amounting to is like, hey, I'm referencing a thing. Hey, I'm referencing another thing. And it gets really annoying and it it doesn't really like, I, I started to not like the main character. Right. But then they reveal something has happened to her. And this is sort of, and so like she, she is like an unreliable narrator in certain aspects and it's like oh this is way more interesting than I thought it was oh it's like the there's a book like that it's called Sometimes I Lie yeah it's a really good book it's a thriller mystery kind of thing you it's very interesting I (laughs) I will tell you more about it later uh, because I will get too into it and then this will be like half an hour of us just talking about books that are not (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man but like if anybody needs a good like thriller Mm-hmm. novel sometimes i lie i think the author's name is alice feeney um it's very good it keeps you on your tippy toes and that's pretty cool the other thing i'm gonna skip past because there were like some shows that came out that i was very excited about and kept me moving through the week that i was oh okay well what were some no- of the shows just like what were the titles uh, well star trek picard uh which okay my lord, I hated the first season of that show, so I didn't even watch the second season. But I thought I'd okay. give the third one a try, and I fucking loved it. I every cool. episode, I was into it. It was fun. They had a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers reunion, which came out last week. Now, uh, is that a is that a full on show or is that like a TV special? It was a TV. It was one hour. Uh, oh, so okay, it was cool. pitched. It was pitched as like a, a eight episodes and. It ended up just being like a one-hour special, so it's very rushed. But there's like an interesting story to it too. I mean, and, right. and it is just as goofy as the show is. So there's like more mature themes to it, but it is still done in the same corny style as like the '90s Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. So I had a lot of fun with all the cheesiness mm-hmm. <laughs> with it. So uh, it's like what they wanted good. to do with the Power Rangers movie that we watched. But they right. did it right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still think there are ways that they could have made this better. But like, right. the the tone and like the campiness and the cheesy, the everything of, about They're it. What was just, I would have expected. <laughs> right, it was way more yeah, fun. Okay. I like 
There's a part at the beginning where like they all morph and there's like explosions behind them and the theme song is playing and I was like, this is goofy and I'm fucking here for it. I'm down. Uh, I love it. And that came out on my mother's birthday. So there's another little bright spot. Oh, wow. Uh, Happy birthday, Mrs. Derek's mom. And then the last thing, and this is sort of building up to like, I, I, I read this today and I was like, damn, I had a good week without even thinking about it. Like all, I had a good week. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know how much you've seen about this or if you've even cared about it, but Tucker Carlson got fired from Fox News. And I'm so happy because that Nazi can go fuck himself. And on top of that, it came out that Ali Alexander and Nick Fuentes were kicked off of Alex Jones's band dot video. So <laughs> it's just like, it's fun to see these Nazis get their comeuppance. It's, I'm gotcha. very here for it. Hateful people. It was a get good time. Fired. I read that and like just filled with Schadenfreude. <laughs> Did you ever watch Avenue Q? <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, there's an a ex whole of song. Mine, yes. I love that song. Shout An ex of mine, their cousin out. was in the off-Broadway, the touring uh, Avenue Q. Oh, cool. Uh, so I went to go see it. Uh, I forget the name of the character. He's the one who's married to the Asian woman. Um, oh. Oh, Gary. No, Gary Cole. Gary Coleman's not. That's not Gary. Uh, uh, Brian? I think it's Brian. It's something like that, yeah. So uh, my my ex's cousin played uh, played that character when they were like touring off Broadway. It was a yeah. good show. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that show definitely like hasn't aged the best. Um, no, <laughs> but <laughs> it's still fun. But I really like the Schadenfreude song. I have <laughs> a friend um, who lives in North Carolina and. He called. He said instead of saying uh, Scheidenfreude, he says Scootenfreuden. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It, it's like this this stupid video he showed us of like somebody doing like very bizarre like um, readings of other language, other languages' words, and Scheidenfreuden was Scootenfreuden, and I love that. So. Kind of I'm adding of the that. Swedish <laughs> chef was that it? the Swedish yeah. chef? Is that yeah? God, I love the Muppets. Ugh. I love Beaker. Anyway, Spiderman. Yeah. <laughs> we are we are far away from the actual topic that we're here oh, to talk well, about. No, wait. We can bring. Okay, hold on. I can do this. I can do this. Okay, you mentioned okay. the Swedish chef. Well, I am basically a chef. I love the Swedish chef. Fruity, fruity. Um. But my actual favorite Muppet is Beaker. Now, Beaker is the lab assistant to Dr. Bunsen, who is a little green man and like all sciencey and shit. Science. We have Dr. Trainer. <laughs> and we have <laughs> we have the Jackal, all with unreasonably large laboratories that uh Miss Dr. Bunsen or Professor Bunsen, whatever his name is, would probably love to use. But unfortunately, he can't use them because they're not in the market anymore because these deranged people from Spider-Man, also now a Disney property because of Marvel. <laughs> or at least the <laughs> MCU. 
Um, so the Muppets are related to Spider-Man, and now we can talk about the Clone Saga. Wonderfully, uh... Thank you. Wonderfully done. Holy shit. I will always force a segue to get us through the Clone Saga. (laughs) Because, my goodness, we need to get through it. Okay. Yes. So, So for the last... We are still on your (laughs) storyline. Yes. It feels like we've been uh, For the last 40 forever. or so issues of Spider-Man comics, Peter's life has been getting progressively worse. His long-thought-dead clone resurfaced. Mary Jane finds out she's pregnant. But the baby might have problems due to his altered genes. A third clone resurfaced and kidnapped Mary Jane. Peter was arrested for murder. The Jackal, or at least a clone, resurfaced and is trying to screw with Peter's life. A definite clone of the Jackal resurfaced and was married to a clone of Gwen Stacy who had just resurfaced, but wasn't the other clone of Gwen Stacy that had previously died. A mysterious, incredibly powerful man named Judas Traveler decides to screw with his life in strange and mysterious ways. A mysterious, incredibly powerful man named Kane kills off several of his villains and watches Spider-Man from the shadows while being very strange and mysterious. And a mysterious, incredibly powerful man keeps strangely and mysteriously watching Kane while he watches Peter and Ben. Oh, and last issue saw the return of another Green Goblin. So this brings us all the way up to Amazing Spider-Man 402, which starts like the actual Crossfire storyline, even though okay. the previous issue was is we will I will talk about the breakdown of this fucking story at the end, but this is technically Crossfire Part One. Okay, so Amazing Spider-Man Volume One Number Four Hundred Two. Crossfire Part 1 was written by J.M.D. Matias, penciled by Mark Bagley, inked by Larry Malstead, Joseph Rubenstein, and Al Milgram, and colored by Bob Sharon and lettered by Bill Oakley. This is mostly the same crew that's been on the book with a few helping hands. So my assumption is this is one of those stories that was getting pushed up against a deadline, and they had to bring people in to help get it pushed out on time. Because of the amount of people that are on the project? Yeah, usually if you see a lot of inkers or a lot of letterers or both, it tends to be something like that, where they're just like, fuck, we really have to get this thing out. I think think we talked about that on one of my episodes, because I had like five inkers. Yeah, that's a thing that... I had to take a break (laughs) between giving the credits. I was like, (gasps) dying. That's that's an, an unfortunate thing that Marvel tends to do. I mean, not just Marvel. I mean, it's a thing that comic book industries do. And, like, it's fine for the most part, but I think a lot of people would be like, "Eh, take your time. It's okay. (laughs) I'd rather a better product. (laughs) Breathe. It's okay. So, Peter, still dressed as the Scarlet Spider, visits Detective Jacob Raven to talk about how Peter Parker is innocent of the murder charges. And this is where Peter learns for the first time that Raven's face has been scarred in the exact same way as his former partner, Dr. Octopus and the Grim Hunter. Wait, hold on. Okay, so you're saying Peter is meeting with Detective Raven. Right, but in the Scarlet Spider costume. So, like, it's not like, hi, I'm Peter Parker. I know I'm in prison, but I'm also here. Well, because I just wanted to make sure that it was, like, it was not inmate Ben Riley. Pretending no, no, no. to be Peter. Okay, so I just, I, I didn't hear you say Scarlet No, this spider. is Peter pretending to be the Scarlet Spider. <laughs> Wait, okay, so it's still weird that he's, like, wearing that costume. Like, he has the, the noir mask. There is an answer a little later. Okay, uh, I'll wait for that answer then. That's fine. It's, it's, 
Because we were debating that we were de- <laughs> we were debating the laundry cycle of Spider-Man last like a week or two ago, and yes. like it, it never got resolved. Okay, so Scarlet, so, so quote unquote fake Scarlet Spider is talking with Raven about Peter. Right, and cool. okay. this is and he learns that uh, Detective Raven is now scarred in the same way. So they, through talking, come to realize that Kane has to be the person responsible for everything. So we at least have some sort of movement in the plot there. Like, Peter has realized Kane's the bad guy. Because we had seen them kind of get closer to the Kane suspect kind of position with, um, I think her name was Stunner. Right, yeah, Stunner and Raven were working together. Okay. So, feeling an immense amount of guilt, Raven vows that he will do everything he can to see Peter Parker released from prison. This is enough to convince Peter, so he takes off into the night while his inner thoughts remind everyone that Ben Riley had switched places with Peter so he could be with his wife. This is one of those things, you know, just catching the reader up on some of the stuff you might have missed in previous issues. Yeah, which we kind of accidentally just did because I confused myself. (laughs) Good for us. So as he swings through the city, he is watched by Judas Traveler and uh, Scryer. Scryer? I, I always forget how to pronounce this stupid thing because it. I looks think we've dumb. always been calling him Scryer. It I'm would pretty be sure weird it if is he was Scryer. like Scree. That would be pretty weird. <laughs> so Scryer questions how Traveler can admire Spider-Man so much when he plans on breaking Peter Parker to beyond the point of saving. Like that's a, a phrase that he uses. Yeah. Uh, and Judas Traveler essentially scoffs at this and reminds Scryer that he's just his servant before stating that he does all of this for the greater good. So we get a little bit of some sort of a backstory here uh, where apparently Traveler is working for the greater good and Scryer, even though he's like crazy powerful, is supposedly working for Judas Traveler. So we've established yeah. some hierarchy. Well, we have seen... Scryer take like some sort of like orders from Judas Traveler before. Right. I, to me, I guess I look at this and I'm like, I I would still get the impression that they're working together unless Scryer is working under Traveler. Because they're oh, both I also always like took it as under this just weird because air. I always just took it as under, but it was like you have like the manager and then you have the supervisor, like almost kind of like a or like king in the hand of the king. Right, like, yeah, yeah. I always because like they're both tough, they're both powerful, but like one just has more actual say than the other. So I figured that's kind of what it was. Um and I think that kind of gets mixed because they've just known each other for so long. That was like a thing that was mentioned before. Um right. okay, so then this is probably a dumb question. Uh <laughs> so like when you say the greater good, I'm assuming you just mean he's trying to do the best for like the majority of people. The greater good is not some weird like organization. Like right. no, because like knowing the way that this is gone, it could be. <laughs> well, it kind of reminds me of like in the Buffy and Angel uh sort of universe, there's the they refer to the powers that be as like an actual sort of organization mm-hmm. of like higher like beings, like gods. Right. That they are the powers that be. This would be not that. This is like they're trying to do something. Just that is, he knows more than other people and he's 
Right. Trying to chaotically. Okay. I get it. Cool, cool. So back at the Parker residence, Mary Jane and Peter have a mild argument because he left without telling her and he had explicitly promised not to do that thing. Uh, And Peter apologizes, but points out that Ben has sacrificed everything so that the two of them can be together and he should be doing everything he can to get him out of prison. Which, I mean, yes, but also, like, he started that argument with Ben has sacrificed everything so that the two of them can be together and then he immediately left Mary Jane to go do a bunch of other shit. So that's yeah, like, like he's she knows the whole point that this guy went, and right. now like Spidey's only like I shoved this man in prison. I've done nothing else with it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so silly. So Mary Jane points out that she has sacrificed so much of her life while Peter keeps hiding behind his mask. She was alone while he was pretending Peter Parker didn't exist. She was attacked by both Kane and P-3PO. And she's dealing with her pregnancy largely alone since he keeps leaving. Which, fuck yeah. Like, holy shit. (laughs) She has, she's dealt with, I I mean, like, listen, I don't like to compare people's suffering because that's just not a thing that you should do. Um, But fuck, she's been through with so much. I know. <laughs> like, be and, there for your partner. Like, because I mean, like... It, it should be pointed out that, like, while he was going through all of that, she was trying to be there for him. Well, that's what I'm saying, is, like, she's putting in, you know, she's putting in her part, and he is just... He does okay sometimes, but, like, he's taken more than he's given right. time. They need couples therapy. Oh my lord, yes. I support uh, so, couples therapy for everyone. Though. Well, I yeah. just love therapy. So while Peter acknowledges all of these faults, he also believes something else is wrong, and Mary Jane shows him the test results that Dr. Trainer ran on their baby. As she explains, she stops herself just short of blaming Peter's biology, and then she apologizes. As Peter tells her to, uh, that like he understands, uh, the room fills with mist and Mary Jane passes out and then Judas Traveler appears before them. Uh-oh. So, like, I get her stopping before, like, blaming his biology because it's not really, like... But also, it is kind of a thing where it's like... No, I, mean, I think she made the right choice because it's like, I don't know. I think... If you took, like, the superhero part out of it and, like, you just focused on, like, if it were genetics and, like, if it was somebody who maybe had, like, you know, like, some sort of pre-genetic, like, I don't know what the word is, like. Some genetic marker that would, yeah, like, indicate. Something. Yeah. Like, if if you love that person and, you know, you guys are building a family, like, like, I don't know. To throw myself in the mix, I got some funky, I got, I got some funky things going on, but like, you know, I know that like, if I ever like start having a family and like my, my future child maybe has some similar funky things as I do, I know that like my, my partner would not like be like, oh, this is your fault. Like your chromosomes are so shit. (laughs) Like. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, I, like, I think it was that's, a, a that's smart... wrong and that's not fair. You should love your your family for like, you know, for what they for who they are. Um I, I, th- like, I think it was a smart yeah. thing for her to stop. I, I, I think, think so that, too. I think it does make sense uh for her mind to go there like when she's upset. And oh yeah, because like they're having a fight. And like sometimes you say like you just some people say some crazy things because they're the emotions are like way up here. And so I do like, appreciate thoughts are way up here. So but she stopped herself. And I think that's very healthy. It's like well, she I goes like that. to therapy. <laughs> I also I yes. I also appreciate that Peter immediately recognized that for what it was and was like, I understand. Yeah. You know, I think like, that's good. We're getting Peter back. So they to have where he some good bones. They got some good yeah. <laughs> bones. They just need a couple sessions to work the kinks out, and then like they should be fine. <laughs> right. So um, we like we spent all that time talking about that, but like Judas Traveler has shown up, and yeah, Mary Jane's Judas now Traveler passed out on the up. floor. Oh, this is this how little I give a shit about a break. him. <laughs> so uh, Traveler claims that he hasn't come for a fight that he's just here to observe what happens next. And Peter, being a comic book character in a superhero comic book, decides that this can't be correct, and he starts a fight anyway. Uh, so, like, Also, like, you just knocked out his wife. Like, yeah, honestly, I think it was one of the... I would it's like a magical fairy dust thing. Like, go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, but, like, uh, she's pregnant. We don't know what that, like... That's true. Yeah. So... Fuck this man. Just, <laughs> To stop the fight. I'm really aggressive today. No, it's fine. I try not to curse like too much on this show, but like here I I am. I I care for me. (laughs) I started this episode with saying fuck those Nazis. That's true. But also that was not I don't like Nazis and they're not nice. So (laughs) so I'll give you a pass on that one. You can say what you want, and I I say what I want, so it's fine. <laughs> so, to stop the fight, Judas holds out a globe that he claims contains the soul of Aunt May. And I thought you were going to say the soul of Ant-Man. I misheard that for a second. <laughs> so sorry. I was like, Ant-Man's in this now? It's a snow globe, uh, and Ant-Man is inside of it. He's just a little <laughs> ant. <laughs> is that the Cincinnati Zoo? <laughs> So according to Traveler, this globe can restore Aunt May to life and good health, but it would kill as many as 100 people to do so. Or it could kill just one. They don't know the specifics, but at least one other person would die. So it could be one to 100 people would die if he decides to bring Aunt May back. That literally makes no sense. It's an interesting... That's That's the dumbest trade. Because, like, if you give someone that and you're like, okay, you can either kill 100 people or you can kill one person. Like, well, for the sake of, like, damage control, you're probably just going to pick one person. So I'm assuming all of it's at random. Like, it's 100 random people and it's one random person. So, well, or is so it the way one that it... person with intention and then no, 100 okay, random? So it is, he could choose to bring, this is what is a little confusing. He could bring Aunt May back to life, right? And but it kills hundred people. It would kill somewhere between one and a hundred people. He doesn't know. 
Oh. It could kill one. It could kill uh, uh, Kane. Or it could kill 100 people in New York. He doesn't know. Or it could kill 50 people. Or it could kill 50 people. Yeah. It could kill uh, uh, just the cast of Glee. Like, it, it, like <laughs> it's just like a random oh, thing. God. We don't know. <laughs> Listen, I didn't like Glee, but like, I don't think I would be like, kill them. Jesus Christ. I honestly I don't know why that is the first thing that came to my mind. I don't know either. <laughs> my goodness. Gosh, that show hasn't been on in so long. Oh, what a time. So, I mean, <laughs> sorry, I'm just thinking about Glee now. <laughs> that's Ooh. the choice that's given to Spider Man. And okay, that's like an interesting choice, I guess. Uh, I, I think, think the answer is a, pretty clear. I think that's a clear no. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, thankfully, Spider-Man does too. Like he smashes the globe and asserts that he refuses to believe any of this as it must all be some form of illusion. And just then, Traveler decides to take him to the future because showing Peter something else fantastical is somehow supposed to show his his powers aren't just illusions or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> like, like Peter knows that like, Judas has made a second Peter as a sleepy illusion so that he could break out of prison. Like, right. Like, it's just, you can't trust anything this guy is doing. So I don't no, really know. You can't. So, point is. All right. Uh, so he <laughs> takes him to the far future of Manhattan and Peter sees it in ruins. And when I say far future, I mean it's like a week in the future. Uh, and Traveler warns him. Oh, that is him, not the far future. That is the near future, yeah. sir. Right. Uh, so Traveler warns him that it's all Peter's fault, and that's how this issue ends. Which brings us now all the way up to Spider-Man Volume 1, number 59, which is mm-hmm. a, another annoying fucking title thing. So this whole story is called Crossfire. Yeah. Last issue, even though it was part two of Crossfire, is called Crossfire Part One. And this one, though it is not named Crossfire Part Two, is titled The Future Is Now. <laughs> For some okay. stupid reason, they cannot get anywhere on like the same page about what story they're telling. See, this so, is why this is one of those reasons why I was like afraid to get into comics, because it just, I cannot, especially like when these were coming out or like even shortly after they came out, I cannot imagine trying to find where to start, where yes. to go next. Just, it's very give confusing. Me, give me the ti- the same title with a subtitle if you really want and then number blank. Like, that's all. Uh, anyway. I'm done complaining now. So we have um, The Future Is Now, written by Howard Mackey, penciled by Tom Lyle, inked by Sam De La Rosa, colored by Kevin Tinsley and Salvador Mancha, and lettered by Richard Starkings and Comicrat. Uh, we start this particular issue with Peter and Judas Traveler still in the future and witnessing the ruins of New York. Spider-Man leaps out and swings away, horrified by the sights of the death all around him. Which... I mean, look, that makes a lot of sense. He finds his home, uh, the the Parker residence, among the ruins and starts to search for Mary Jane. 
But Judas Traveler brings them back to the present day where he warns Spider-Man that he can stop all of this from happening. Hard cut over to Detective Raven, who's arriving. Oh. <laughs> okay, that, that hard of a cut, got it. All the way over, who uh, he's now arriving at the police station where everyone is uh, stopping to stare at his disfigured face. I guess this is the first time he's been back to the police station since uh, he's been injured by Kane. Um, yeah, I think so. Because there was one moment in a previous uh, storyline. It's like when, before him and Stunner meet up, where like he's kind of just like hiding in the background. Um, yeah, okay. Because like scarred face, like he hasn't really been like out talking to people too much. Well, he makes his way to Connor Trevain, who's one of the other officers that's working on Peter's case. And Detective Raven tells him that they've arrested the wrong man, despite the fact that all of the evidence points directly to Peter. Yeah. And he tells them that he needs his help to clear an innocent man's name. Hard cut again. <laughs> Back to the Peter Parker residence. Spider-Man is still refusing to believe anything Traveler has told him. But he is warned that uh, the events are already in motion. And this will cause the destruction of Manhattan. So, Traveler gives him an ultimatum. Take his wife and leave, which would sacrifice everyone who had been causing such grief in his life recently. So, it would basically be dooming uh, Kane and Ben Riley and the detectives all to death. Right. Uh, but he would be able to take Mary Jane away, or he could stay and stop the disaster. Which I feel like is... One, a shitty ultimatum for like that is a shitty ultimatum, but he's probably gonna stick around and like save all the other people because at the rate he's going, him genuinely doing something for his wife is there's not many points in that field. (laughs) Well, yeah, (laughs) but but doing things for the for the greater public is something he does frequently. I do think that that is the more heroic thing to do, but I feel like oh, of course it is. Maybe you could call someone, like call Felicia and get Mary Jane out of the city, you know, (laughs) while you're trying to figure this out. But it's also, this is the second ultimatum that Judas Traveler has given him in like, I don't know, an hour? Two minutes, yeah. Yeah. And he's literally slapped the first one out of his hands. Right. He's like, like, screw your globe. (laughs) So uh, Spider-Man finally calms down and starts to listen And he asks what is going to happen to cause all of this destruction. And Judas explains that he sent his lackeys to destroy a geothermal heating station, which sort of undercuts his uh, entire insistence that Peter is to blame for everything. Since, like, so just tell them not to do that, you idiot. (laughs) He's claiming that, like, what he's doing is for, like, a much greater purpose. So This is the most, like, intense gaslighting I've ever witnessed in a comic book. He's like, oh, I sent them to do it, but it's your fault. (laughs) So Judas then decides to tempt Peter more by saying that he will keep Mary Jane and their baby safe, even if Spider-Man fails. So he's undercutting his own ultimatum that he's given to Peter. This man's throwing too many deals out there that don't make a lot of sense. No, it's, this is so stupid. But before Peter can agree, uh, he says that he has to talk to his wife first. And Judas, like, lets them. 
which is like, okay, yeah, you should be communicating with your wife. Like, yeah. all right. Points. Well, he says he's going to, but is he? <laughs> like, he said that when he sw- <laughs> when he switched spots yeah. in prison, he's going to go save and hang out with his wife and protect, like, you know, and be with her. But right. then he hasn't been with her. So, so Peter leaves to, to go find Mary Jane to talk to her real quick. And when he's gone, Scryer warns Traveler that he's pushing his powers too far. Uh, meaning Judas Traveler is pushing his powers too far. And yeah. Judas lashes out, warning him that despite their centuries-long friendship, they are not equals. So now we at least have more evidence to like they are in- insanely old. Yes. If they've been they friends for have mentioned that they are like past decades long friends. I, I want to start was- keeping track of like the evidence they give to like any sort of backstory to Judas. They have mentioned I want to say maybe a century or two. Sorry, I burped. Um a century or two thought I was going to burp again. Sorry. They have mentioned <laughs> that <laughs> they've mentioned that they have been like perhaps a century year old of pals in one of the things that I had previously read. Right. Um, so they've mentioned it twice now. I don't know how prevalent that is to the storyline, but I mean, it's, Mm, we'll, but the we'll conversation figure, we'll was a where little different with what I had read because it was like, oh, we've been we've known each other for so long, but you don't know me that well. It was like a really weird conversation. And now this is like we've been friends for so long, but we're not equals. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah, they don't seem very like friendly. That's not uh, a friend <laughs> thing to say. So Peter finally reaches Mary Jane and he apologizes for anything his blood may have done to their baby. Uh, before kissing her and telling her that he loves her and immediately rushing out the window. So, I mean, he does speak to his wife, I guess. On a technicality. And then leaves. (laughs) This guy Uh, sucks. He makes his way to the geothermal heating station and finds the lackeys he needs to take out. They all have names. I don't care. Neither do I. The fight doesn't matter. They show up. He, like, beats up a couple of people. But he notices that Chakra is there and she's using her astral form and meditating. So he decides, well, she's the one I got to knock out. Uh, And he does. And this somehow causes a time vortex to open over the city. And one one of the, like, the crew that's there claims that once this collapses, it would cause even more damage than the original plan. So this is where... I this is where I think Judas Traveler is getting this is Spider-Man's fault. Yeah. But I don't know He started it. He, well, yeah, one and, he started it. Two Spider-Man's ending it. I don't really get where this time vortex came from, what's going on, why it's there, or how anyone knows that once this time vortex collapses, it it's a bigger deal than 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 like this station blowing up. How the fuck does anyone know any of this stuff? Well, and it's also like, so Chakra has used her powers to basically transport Peter from one place to another on the astral plane. So in my head, I was like, oh, okay, like, 
they can astral project or right. something. Like it's all that kind of plane. Mm-hmm. So are <laughs> so does this person function or like use multiple planes? Like, is that a thing that we now have to figure out? Like what's considered like uh, the fifth and sixth dimension? Like honestly, I, who the fuck knows? I don't know. I, <laughs> The, they have the, only had this character pop up like once, maybe a collective like runtime of a minute and a half. Right. Not including this time. So why is this person now so important? I'm just like, mm, I don't like it. I think, so, I think it's lame. I think it's whatever. Back wherever Judas Traveler and Scryer are, uh, Judas watches from across the the town so he's not like right next to it and he sees uh this thing form this time vortex and he is struck with pain uh it, just upon like seeing it there and scryer points out that this is exactly what he was trying to warn him about just moments before yeah uh spider-man then arrives and demands answers so he's just left everyone at that station and then decided just to like swing he's back left his wife. <laughs> right. Uh he uh jumps basically right on top uh top of Traveler and he he asks what the fuck is going on and Traveler says he doesn't know. Uh and Scryer is just refusing to help. Uh he explains that the vortex will consume Traveler. So like the Scryer uh explains that the vortex will consume Traveler. Yeah. And it will erase him from existence. So, Spider-Man... Oh, is it because he's like Judas Time Traveler? Oh, shit. Oh, I hope... I hope we get more info on this uh, coming up. Once we get to the end of uh, Traveler's travels uh, in the Spider-Man comics, uh, I will give you his backstory because I do know it. (laughs) Okay, because I know nothing about this. Right. Um, and like, as cool as it would be if it was like time traveler, he has too many other like weirdly convenient powers that it's like, I feel like I would yeah. be whelmed by the answer. Like I won't be overwhelmed with the opportunities this man has, but I can't be any more underwhelmed than I am about like Kane. So he's right. Right. Well, okay. I mm, I'm gonna keep my mouth shut because there are certain things that I that. I know about the future of comics. Yeah, let me regret my let me regret my comic opinions for no, a later no, 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 no. date. <laughs> I'm I'm enjoying I'm enjoying I've this. changed opinions on this like clone saga, I think like three different times. Well, and that's okay. Well, it's, it's, I don't mind. The book changes every I five know. seconds. Uh so Spider-Man refuses to let any of this happen. He grabs onto Traveler like by the arm and pulls him free from the portal's like pull because it's like trying to pull him in. Yeah. And uh, this apparently um, causes the time portal to close completely harmlessly. Everything's fine. So we have this massive buildup of like, it's going to blow. As soon as it collapses, it's going to take New York City out. And then if it takes Judas Traveler in, it will erase him from existence. And really all it takes is him going, nah, I don't think so. And then it's just gone. 
It is the most anticlimactic thing. This feels like when you have a, a tummy ache and you think you're going to throw up and you're like, oh no, <laughs> I'm going to throw up. And then you just like burp a little bit and you're like, oh, that that's, is, is common. And then you just keep <laughs> burping and like, it's not, it's not common. And you're just so like, God, I just want this experience to be over. So uh, Traveler, who is now confused by why Spider-Man would help him, which is like for someone who's trying to test like the goodness of this man, like you, give, you really don't understand him. Uh, he passes out from, from pain. Like he's still in pain uh, yeah. and from like everything that happened and he just passes yeah. out. Scryer warns Spider-Man that Judas won't stop until he understands him. And Spider-Man just says that it doesn't matter. His foes always try to come back to get revenge and they should just wait in line. And that's how it ends the issue. Which is a great, like, I like that line. That's kind of like a nice badass moment. Yeah, and it's so painfully true. Yes. Now, that is the end of, like, what I would consider... what we consider crossfire. Crossfire. And now there's this weird, like, little... If you, if you, if you look at like the, the Crossfire storyline, if you look it up, this is not the end. There is another issue. It, so like, it starts with that Green Goblin issue, right? With the clones. And yeah. then you have this weird Judas Traveler two-parter. And then now we have this other story. And like, I the the weird green goblin story it has nothing to do with the judas traveler story and then this story is kind of a sequel to that green goblin story so really these are just two different um story arcs that they've decided to shove together okay this is this fucking infuriating to try to read this way uh because you basically ignore everything that i just told you about <laughs> oh, okay. And we move on to Spectacular Spider-Man Volume 1, number 225, which was written by Tom DeFalco, penciled by Sal Buscema, inked by Bill Sienkiewicz, colored by John Kalis, and lettered by Clem Robbins, Bill Oakley, Susan Crespi, and Jonathan Babcock. And if you know anything about how comics work, that sounds like this was fucking rushed. And there was another one in this that was rushed. Oh yeah, I think they just were the trying to, or like the one before the one we the, just yeah, read yeah, yeah. about. I, I think they were trying to rush stuff out. And I will tell you, you and I have had our issues with the Sal Buscema Bilsenkevich uh team. It's hard to and, see. Oh my god, I hated this one. It kind of works for some of the earlier ones. And it works for some of the earlier scenes in this one. It works for some stories. Like, I am not someone that is like, ugh, that's not art. Like, art is anything that it's intended to be. That's fine. And there's there's just certain art that fits certain stories better in my eyes. And this, don't do it for me at the moment. Perhaps Sinkevich, a different story. I don't know. But. Sinkevich is really good with like horror and like mystery, like thriller That's stuff. That's what I was thinking. And so, or it's something along those lines. Yeah. And in general, Sinkevich is just a brilliant artist. So is right. Sal Buscema. It's the weird juxtaposition. The two of them together, it's I hard. fucking hate. <laughs> uh, it. It's two good things. 
yeah. don't always make a good thing. And that's okay. So, rather than have a, a play-by-play for this issue like I, I normally do, I thought it would make more sense to give just like a really brief overview of the whole story since most of it doesn't really matter. It doesn't advance the plot forward in any major way except for like one thing. Um, but there are some interesting things in here that I think are, are worth knowing about, worth learning about. Let's spark those So the story details the new Green Goblin being mistakenly identified as a killer who has been murdering homeless people across New York City. And that's actually the scene that I was talking about that kind of works with Sal Buscema and Bill Sienkiewicz is a homeless person being murdered. It's like, that's why it works. It's a horror story. Yeah. Uh, Peter confirms that all of his spare Spider-Man costumes have been destroyed, and that's why he is still dressing like the Scarlet Spider. Oh, yes. The laundry dilemma. Right. So his wife, uh, later in the issue, or or just slightly later in the issue, has created a proper Spider-Man costume for him, and he is now able to change into the classic Spider-Man costume. Right. We're back to uh, uh, the the basic. Right. Uh, Speaking of his wife, Mary Jane goes to visit Ben Riley in prison, which I really like. That's really nice. Right. She goes to talk about the baby and to confide in a friend that she might want to have an abortion. Which is another thing that I really like. Having this be a conversation. Yeah. And it's one that, like, she knows uh, a lot is going on with Peter. She doesn't want to put pressure on Peter. So before she brings it to him, uh, she wants to run it by someone she considers a friend and someone who is kind of like her husband. (laughs) Well, and I think just, like, that's a nice moment between the two of them because at first they wanted like, well, she wanted nothing to do with him. Yeah. And I think he was just really uncomfortable with the idea of being around her. Well, he didn't want to be around her for a long time. Cause he was like, this, this is not my person. Strict right. boundary up until the point where I was like, I have to meet her because her husband's in jail and I have to help. Like, the two of them. Right. And so like, it's really nice to see two people that were just kind of like, whatever to each other become like good people to confide in with each other. I I genuinely really liked the idea of her going to visit him. Yeah. And like, cause I just, I know that like Ben Riley is like Peter Parker's clone, but I feel like because of the way he's like developed, I just think of him as an individual now. Like oh, I told, I didn't even think of the like, oh yeah, he would be kind of like Peter. But sometimes I'm just like their opinions I feel like would be totally different. Oh but like I, so in my head I'm like, I wonder if she's just like, has Peter said anything to you about the baby? Like, do you what do you think he's going to say? Now like, I, I genuinely really cool. I think that one way that their opinions may differ, and I don't know for sure. I'm just going based off of this issue. Yeah. One way their opinions may differ is Ben's reaction to her saying that she wants to have an abortion. Was he like, was he supportive or was he like, I don't know if that's a good idea. He states that he is personally against abortion. Okay. But 
he also recognizes that the choice is hers. So, like... I think that's, like, a good neutral... Yes. I think that's a good answer. Yeah. I think that's fair. And it was it was an interesting read. It was neutral he could be, I think. Yes. (laughs) It reminds me a lot. There was a Buffy the Vampire Slayer comic book that came out many years ago. And Buffy in that comic book uh, finds out she's pregnant. And she goes to uh, one of her close friends and asks him to come with her because she has decided that she is going to have an abortion. And it is a really interesting, very good read that is kind of undercut by the fact that you find out that due to magical hijinks and like sci-fi hijinks, she's not actually pregnant and no abortion ever has to take place. So it was like, oh, this is an interesting story we're telling. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, I get you. So a costumed criminal named Firefist is, uh, which fucking Firefist, uh, is eventually revealed to be the murderer. And the Green Goblin, of course, is revealed to be a good guy all along. We kind of knew that because we saw that in one of the earlier issues. Right. Uh, Firefist believes America is being overrun by the weak, and he must do what he can to make his country great again. No political leanings in these comic books whatsoever. But that's the the bad guy. (laughs) And I would argue that stance is a bad stance. What a uh, <laughs> This was, by the way, for anyone who is interested in sort of where Marvel was at the time, this was around the time that the X-Men comic books were dealing with uh, a, a person running for president who um, wanted to demonize mutants in order to get elected yeah. and specifically was stated as a conservative. So anyway, back at the Bugle... Uh, Joe Robertson argues with Jameson that they have to report on Parker being in prison, which is like an ongoing argument that they've been having. Yeah. Uh, but Joe brings up that they haven't earned their awards for journalism if they don't do this, which is fucking right, Joe. I agree. <laughs> you are journalists. You have to report the news. Valid. Uh, the fight between Spider-Man, the Goblin, and Firefist is all watched by the Jackal. I mean, essentially, Jackal just wants to know who Green Goblin is because he's like, I don't know who this is and it's going to muck up my plans. Uh, But eventually, he just decides he doesn't care. And then he goes back to his lab and he finds P-3PO has joined him. And that's how we ended the issue. So, ultimately, nothing really matters in this except for that last part. (laughs) P-3PO being back. uh, Right. Ben Riley and Mary Jane are confirmed friends now. Mm. And maybe the reporter thing. Yeah. So we we still don't have any uh uh no no use for Felicia. She shows up and then is fucking gone for the rest of the storyline. Yeah, there's uh, no Felicia. They've just made the jackal thing really confusing now. Um yep. Because now I'll, ugh, ugh, I don't even have the words for it. It this it's, it, it's too many. It's too many multiple things, and I was so happy for P three PO to be gone. I'm like, and I know that they like they had him go away in an ambiguous way. That I was like, it, I guess he might come back, but it's like I didn't want him to. Right. Ugh, it's 
whatever. It's fine. I'll probably have to read about it next. <laughs> well, this it's this okay. brings <laughs> this brings us to the end of the crossfire storyline. And I will say, um, I guess it I'll just... It took us like a month <laughs> yeah. to get to this point. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, well, actually, here. I'll do the what's good, what worked uh, first. And then I'll give you some other thoughts after. Okay. Uh, so what's good and what worked in this is uh, while Mary Jane is really not given much of anything to do or anything of substance to do, I consistently agree with her. And I think that she's a really solid character. I consistently agree with her. And like, I care about that character. I just want her to have something to do. Yeah. Like a lot of the other characters, I don't really care about. Like I like Ben Riley. I do care about Ben Riley, And then, Immediately under that is Mary Jane. Um, at like Peter Parker's, yeah, he's fine. But then like everybody else, I guess is kind of like a bad guy, or like yeah. a reporter that sometimes shows up and makes like very bold decisions to like get the story. And it's like that's a silly thing. Why are you doing that? Um, ugh. Man, I feel like we're just like doing endless cartwheels. Like, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to get through it. We will. I'm fine. Like, (laughs) we're going to be fine. Um, I'm not going to give up on this. Do not think that I have given up on the Clone Saga. I'm going to power through it. I'm going to be able to say that I finished it. And like, is that an accomplishment that I'll be super proud of? Nerd me says yes. Uh, the other Look, part I, of me is like, I'm now a certified milk examiner. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> and at least it's given me a certificate. I don't know what the fricks this, this is going to give me because I have too much knowledge about Spider-Man. But um, I'm having a great time still. <laughs> I just... I enjoy having you here because I have never made it through the Clone Saga. I would never time. want to read it unless you told me to read it. <laughs> and then I'd be like, yeah, I get to hang out with Derek. I'll read it. <laughs> this this is a fun uh, adventure, I think, because I also... You can't I, like, do this alone, though. No. Like, to anybody is- who is thinking of, like, if we have somehow influenced the five people that listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, here, I think I might read it. Pick a Pick a good friend to read yes. this with someone who you know is going to be around for a while and then buckle up and be ready to suffer together because you you can't do it alone. It's just going to be really, really sad if you do it alone. This and is very similar. to support you when Aunt May goes through shit? You know? Because you need a pal yeah. in that one. <laughs> This is very similar to the conversation you and I had about the Power Rangers movie. Yeah, I would have never watched. Okay, so <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the story. This is apparently I've taken over the ending of this episode. So we were invited on a podcast called Superhero Cinephiles. We were yes. invited to do a thing. Now, when you, we we get emails, <laughs> I'm not a, I I don't see them because. 
you this is your podcast that I well, slap. Well, I slapped. It is our podcast. <laughs> it is our podcast. Did, but you you had it, and then you were like, "Here, share this." And I said, "Okay." <laughs> so I don't see all the emails. Derek is really great at communicating. This is not like a problem. <laughs> but <laughs> you you know you were talking with our the friend. You you both decided like yeah. Power Rangers. And then I learned that we were gonna watch Power Rangers. And I said, Oh, the TV show? And you went, No, no. <laughs> remember when? Remember 2017? Yes. When the guy from Stranger Things was the Red Ranger? And I said, No, I didn't know that was a thing. And then I had to watch it. And I have all my opinions on that episode, which is out now. I had a great time in the end because I got to talk about it with my friends. Whether I wanted to watch it was a bit questionable. Um, but I made I made my, my I made my boyfriend watch it with me, and we finished that movie, and we both decided we could not have watched that alone. We would not have chosen to watch it alone. And that's okay. Um, but that is the long-winded story of uh, Power Rangers 2017 is the equivalent to Clone Saga in that enjoy it with friends, suffer through it with friends, yes. and you'll have a good time in the end. And that's all that matters. Correct. And, <laughs> and you can find more information. The only other thing I was going to add to the, like, the what's good on this is like, it's not even a what's good. Uh, was Spider-Man making tough choices, but like all of them are dumb in this story. It, yeah. Like they're not actual tough choices. I like the idea of trying to set that up, but like the execution kind of sucked. I do like how he slapped the ball out of. That was nice. That was pretty uh, funny. I, I guess I will throw in. I like this Green Goblin. I don't know why I like this Green Goblin. Yeah, I cannot like get. I just like him. That's okay. And I always have. I have this soft spot for him. He's cool. Actually, no, I take it back. I do know where it comes from. Uh, it is from, he was in the, uh, they called it the MC2. It was like the sequel series to the Marvel Universe. Um, don't look it up because a lot of it has to do with the Clone Saga. I, so. <laughs> I won't. It's okay. <laughs> but he he shows up in that. And I like him in that. So that's where my love for him comes. Now, what didn't work in this comic book? Uh, Everything. Everything about these issues are fucking dumb. Squire and Judas are dumb. The plot of this whole thing is dumb. The way it's resolved is dumb. The the bad idea for a story and almost uh, all of that uh, falling on Judas Traveler and uh, him being a villain for Spider-Man, all of that. Well, this, so the thing that I didn't like about it uh, is that this felt the most like just a pure circle of a plot. You end where you started. Like everything essentially, I feel like nothing mattered. The through line, the only thing that got us to the end was- The uh, only like real change that I can think of is P-3PO's back. And Spider-Man's got a costume. Oh, but, yes. and he has a costume. But if you started just there, if you just had him in his, I would not have fucking questioned it. it. All of the questioning of the laundry day stuff comes from this. 
I know. I'm so. (laughs) (laughs) It is insane. Okay. We we recorded this on separate, on different days. I think it collectively took three days. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It has taken three days. So on day one is the day that we really questioned the laundry. I didn't know that it would take me three weeks to find the answer to the laundry, but here we are. (laughs) The, now I don't really have uh, much in the way of trivia for this episode because like uh, Glenn Greenberg really didn't have anything to add about this other than the fact that he fucking hates Judas Traveler too. And yes, very valid. Now I will say, now that we've gotten through this and we've introduced the Green Goblin character, do you want to know who he is? Because I can just, like, I don't have to give you a shitload of information. I can just tell you and I can explain where some of this mystery comes from and, like, why it's dumb that it was introduced the way that it was. Is it Willem Dafoe? God, I wish. Oh. Uh, so, the Green is Goblin. It, is it an Osborne? No. Is That's it- the thing. Is it a reporter? Is it the same person who was like in the shadows going through the reporter's office? Yes, it is the who was looking for his uncle. Yes. It, so that is Phil Yurick. He is Ben Yurick's nephew. Oh. He is first introduced in the issue where he debuts as the Green Goblin, and they make no connection between the two, nor do they even name him. No, they didn't. <laughs> It is just a guy looking for his uncle. Then later in the issue, a Green Goblin appears. Then, like three issues later, the Green Goblin shows back up and is like a good guy. There, that's it. That's you have to pick up Green Goblin number one, which was being put out around this time so to get like, the rest of the story. So, who is the? Who are the Green Goblins before this Yurik one? So at this time in Is it just like one or two before this Norman era? Osborne okay. and Harry Osborne. So those, those were the two. There might have been a person hired to uh to just like masquerade as the goblin, but like was the you would never be like, oh, that was the Green Goblin. It was like someone who was paid to do this for like a day or you know. So what the I mean? thing like, that confuses me. Like, okay, so Norman Osborn had his whole, like, origin story. Like, he was the first. That makes, like, sense. Yeah. And then his son being the next one mm-hmm. makes sense because it's kind of like the the Craven Hunter and the Grim Hunter. Like, that I get. that That is a reasonable jump from one to another. Having some other guy. Yes. Not only, like, take the title... But also be like, it's a good guy now. That's not gonna go well. Like inherently isn't gonna go well. You can't have some like title that society already sees as a supervillain and be like, I'm a good guy. Yeah, it's, like, it's definitely not well thought out on Phil's part. No, but then there's also Phil, think think a little Phil. Uh, the. In universe, um, in turn, well, not in, no, actually, I, I take that back. Out of universe, in our universe, uh, the explanation for like another goblin kind of makes sense if you have been following sort of like the tropes of Spider Man at the time, mm-hmm. just because you have other characters that pop up with like goblin gear because they have stumbled upon 
one of the Green Goblin's like hideouts. And that's ultimately revealed to be how Phil became a Green Goblin. He just kind of found a Green Goblin hideout, ends up with all this Goblin gear. And so like that makes sense to a reader if you were like following the series <laughs> mm. uh, like through through years, you know what I mean? Because then that's okay. kind of how you ended up with a hobgoblin. That's how you know, and all of that makes sense to us with the the context of a few years of Spider-Man stories okay. being told. In universe still makes no sense. No. Like it is just a dude who is showing up as someone who is known to be a murderer. And like, if you are the general public, you don't know that Norman Osborn died. You don't know that Harry Osborn died. You just know that there is this green villain that keeps popping up year after year. Yeah. And it's also, why is this the, you know what? This, this will have to be one of our like mini episode question things where it's like, why is this only happening with the Green Goblin and not with (laughs) other like bad guys or good guys that just have like an exceptional amount of labs hidden all across the city. Like why, why are there not several jackals popping up just because someone stumbled onto a, someone stumbled onto his. I guess there are multiple jackals because he cloned himself a bunch of times, but why are there not like multiple. (laughs) But why Why are there there not like multiple, like, I don't know. I don't know. See, this is why it's got to be one of those, like, mini... There are some people that fall into this uh, uh, category. There, right. We will soon be introduced to one of them. Okay. But, yeah, in general, that's just not, like, how things go. And I think it makes sense. I, I am a big fan of legacy characters. I love the idea of, like, Spider-Man retiring, Miles taking over. Or... yeah. For like, that still yeah. makes sense to me though, because like he was inspired yeah. by a public the, figure that already was good to be another good superhero, and then something happened to him that allowed him to like so that makes sense. Yes. The goblin stuff doesn't make sense to me. No, if you have okay. a like, <laughs> you have a villain, it doesn't it doesn't quite work in the it same It doesn't work as like, well. Man, I'm a really big fan of how you killed all of those people. Let me like, go walk some people across the street. That doesn't. I, that's it for Crossfire. Uh, we Woo-hoo! finally made it through. Like Jesus Christ, that was a, a My goodness disaster. Um, so uh, this it, was great, though. I had a great time. <laughs> no, no, I had fun too. But damn, that was like such a trudge. I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know why this affected me so much. Maybe just because it was so. So disconnected. Like, and it also, it depends on the headspace you're in when you're reading. Like, I mean, even yeah. when you read like a novel, like I'm reading, I'm reading a great book. It's very good. It's called The Rune Lords. It is mm-hmm. like a 90s fantasy novel. My friend recommended to me. My friend is very good with books. And I'm like, yes, I will read it. So I started it and like, I read like, 80 pages in the first day I picked it up. And I was like, wow, amazing. Like, I'm killing it. Like, that's good for me, for perspective. (laughs) Um, I know some people are like, I read 200. And I'm like, you're insane. I need to like process. Today, someone was like, 
you've been reading this book for a week and you're only like a little over halfway through it. And I was it like, also depends on do you the realize book. how much I do when I'm like, like it is, that is my, yeah. my enjoyment. This is me sitting down to read. To take like, my time to comprehend the words. Like I'm not out right. here trying to read as many books as possible and not well, remember also, a single part of the story. Like My, my work day is like 11 hours long. So like, I get, yeah. uh, and when you get home, I, I had no brain cells when I came home. I cleaned up and then I sat down and I physically could not get back up. And I knew I had to do laundry. It took me like an hour to stand up and go do laundry. Granted, my laundry is in a different building. So like it takes some effort. But like, yeah. oh, it was a time. Um, So I get it. So like to read, but any, okay, hold up. I'm sidetracking myself. My brain's on fire. <laughs> I'm getting brain cells back and it's euphoric. But like, I read like a, to me, a ton. And then like, I hit one point and like, I just, it's been a couple weeks of like, just working a lot and I'm tired all the time. So like, I'll read like half a page and then I like knock out. I yeah, was, yeah. I was on I'm very the similar. Yeah, I was like on the couch, like, laying down, reading this book, I opened my eyes, 30 minutes had passed and there was like drool on the pillow. And I was like, oh my God, I like died on this couch. <laughs> and I'm just trying to get through like chapter 20. It's, it was a time, but I'm back on the kick now. It's still a good book. I promise I'm reading it, friend. I love it. I'm just slow. <laughs> it's fine. Anyway, this has been great. <laughs> we'll do uh, this next week. <laughs> Yes. Uh, you can find more information at comicallypedantic.com. You can also follow us on Instagram by searching at PedanticCast. New episodes come out most Sundays on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at comicallypedantic.com. If you have any comments or questions, you can send them in text or audio recording to comicallypedantic at gmail.com. Please indicate if you'd like your name or question read on the air. Uh, so I have two things to tell you not to forget. One, we are on Superhero Cinephiles. On their Power Rangers episode, please go give them a listen. It is I had really a lot of fun. fun. We had a great time. Yeah. And don't forget, we also still own fuckcomicsgate.com if you'd like to send a donation to the Games and Online Harassment Hotline. We will be back soon with another deep dive into the world of comics, but until then, you can find more exciting adventures at your local comic shop. I'm a I'm a glutton for punishment when it comes to this. So like, yeah, you I, really are. It's never been like, hey, let's talk about a thing I really like. <laughs> it's like, hey, let's talk about this thing that drives me crazy. Well, so except like, okay, right. I will say except for with the like, Doctor Hurt one, that one, the Doctor Hurt one, you really definitely. Sonic the Hedgehog starred and Dazzler both started that way, but okay, then it was yeah. like, let's talk about the dumb shit around it too. Yeah. Uh, but this is entirely off off the subject. That's fine. This is just for me. <laughs> this is the my, only, my little treat. <laughs>